My name is Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we're doing an instant reaction. We are actually recording this on the eve of a Chiefs loss. That's right, we lost to the to the Cincinnati Bengals again. Again, Reese, 27 to 24. No, it's actually closer than I remembered. Anyway, not that it was a blowout, but still. So we lost to the Chiefs. Reese and I are recording this the evening of. Our feelings are fresh. Our emotions are fresh. Uh, we don't need to talk about our weeks because we've forgotten everything because of this game. So, Reese, why don't we just get right into it then? You can tell us how you're doing, and then we can kick it off. What, what, what just happened? Uh, what just happened is what happens every time we play the Bengals, which is kind of what I alluded to at the end of the last podcast, which is they have some no pun intended juju on us. I I don't know what it is. Uh, actually I do think I know what it is three games in now, which is just the fact that the Bengals have our number. You know, I've watched this play out enough times now that I'm starting to pick up on patterns and it's no longer just, you know, like, Oh, this was lucky or, Oh, this happened. And honestly, if we want to dissect it through the night, I've picked out at least two or three things that I've noticed in all of these games that are the answer to why we can't beat the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they look incredibly mid against us and incredibly mid against the rest of the league. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll get into the things that you have found that are collective from all the games, but I think that's something that I want to kick off with as as well. Those that watch the game know that like they never blow us out and they never prove to be this like incredibly special team or these super bowl contenders even though they were in the super bowl last year like what they did to us today was nothing special right and and i'm not going to go as far to say that we beat ourselves because like patrick Mahomes played a pretty good game and our defense just sucks but like but joe burrow was making all the right plays like he was finding the open the the open man does that make joe burrow special because he was finding people in the flat was finding people in the slants consistently no and 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 that's and, and that's what pisses me off the most is that i know that we can beat this team and and there isn't anything that i saw i know that you saw stuff and we'll talk about the formula you may be seeing that that uh, the Bengals are doing to beat the chiefs but again this team is very like beatable it's not like he's he's going to jamar chase one-on-one every single play and jamar chase is making the most spectacular spectacular catches that we've ever seen in our life or like t higgins doing the same it's just like maybe one or two plays that that doesn't make the cincinnati Bengals special but at the same time joe burrow just looks really good and making the plays that he should be making which is makes it incredibly frustrating because i know we can beat him yeah i agree and i think it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing with joe burrow making those throws and our our defense not being good so where do you want to start do you want to start on the Bengals offense or would you rather start with dissecting and completely disemboweling the Chiefs defense um actually neither I, I actually want what is the one thing that you saw and when I say neither I mean it could be either or um what what is the one consistent thing that you have seen in the last three games that we've lost to the Bengals that they just keep exposing us oh super easy the fact that we can't get any pressure on that offensive ah, line of theirs despite it being a bottom third offensive line in the league and on the flip side of that they can somehow get pressure on our just terrible Orlando Brown Jr. pack your bags and get out of Kansas City I'm sorry wow. terrible offensive line with a three-man rush that's been honest to goodness that's been the story of both games that's thing number one on my list we cannot generate any pass pressure on joe burrow somehow 
and they can generate pass rush on us with three men. It's it's oh goodness, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, let's let's start on the um, let's start on the uh, offensive side. So we had Joe Tooney out, and we had Nick Allegretti in. But honestly, that front three actually played well, as we saw from um, Isaiah Pacheco, like actually playing pretty decently. 117 yards combined with him and Jared McKinnon. Uh, but you're right; it is Orlando Brown Jr. and it was Andrew Wiley just on those edges that that they kept getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes and like Patrick can only do so much. And he actually played well, Reese. I I actually didn't think that we didn't play well, like 20, 24 points. Of course we can do better than that, but a 24 burger on someone that is the, you know, reigning AFC, AFC champions, I think was suitable, but you're right. They're getting too much pressure and we're not getting any pressure. And, And I don't understand why, because other teams, sorry, I guess I'm jumping, but I'm just upset. Other teams will double team Chris Jones, but then that should free up and has freed up Frank Clark. It frees up George Karloftis. It frees up Nandi. But we didn't see that and we haven't seen that with the Bengals and I don't understand why. Well, I think if you want to sum up the entire Chiefs Bengals rivalry, I mean, if you even call it rivalry because you can't beat them, you know, I, I think what it really boils down to is that in multiple facets of the game, the Bengals are just a bad matchup for us. I mean, in every single facet of the game. I don't know why. But, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. Who was that random jobber Michael Jordan said was, like, the hardest guy he ever had to play against in the league? Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but uh, it's going to take me a while to figure out. I mean... It, it was some dude on the Bucks in the 90s, and Jordan was like, he's the he's like he was the one guy I always had trouble guarding, huh. and, like, I hated when he had to guard me. I'll look this up and come down to it. That's a situation. There, there are times that like it's just not a good matchup, you know. And it's that seems to be the case with, like I said, the Bengals have a trash offensive line. I mean, it's bad. They don't just magically shore up and stop our defensive line three games in a row. There's something in the water and something in those matchups that they enjoy the way that our guys play because it plays to their strengths. Same goes for our offensive line versus their defensive line. Now, the difference on that being is the fact that, like we mentioned, OBJ and Andrew Wiley are terrible. They are, guys, they are terrible. Orlando Brown Jr. is maybe, maybe a middle-level offensive tackle in the NFL as a right tackle. I wouldn't say the left tackle. Andrew Wiley, bless his heart, he's playing because Nyang's hurt, I think, but... He well, no, we, we, actually, right we, we actually saw Lucas for one play randomly. I don't know why. <laughs> Andy, I think they're nursing and, him yeah, back to hell. And he was trying to kick kick the tires, but <laughs> that was weird. But uh, could could be encouraging then if 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 Lucas played one one play, they thought it was fine. He starts playing more for the rest of the season. Again, the the rest of the season is a lot easier than today, so that might be the time to just say, "Hey, Lucas, uh, let's see let's see what you got," and maybe he's going to be better than Andrew Wiley. But that still leaves OBJ on an island on the left side yeah and it's too bad too because i honestly think nick allegretti is actually a good left tack or uh, left guard he's not joe tooney good but he's a yeah, very his, good held, backup left held guard. his own for sure and, yeah and and that showed and it in the running game yeah well exactly yeah our running game has been very good since isaiah pacheco has been installed and that that center of the lines looked very good what's happening all this time is that the ends are just like closing in on Mahomes and teams are now learning the discipline of they don't necessarily have to beat our pass rush if they can just collapse those ends and corral them back into the center of the line 
that's when they're getting to Mahomes, and that's why you saw a lot today and why he was so hesitant to scramble. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's really disappointing, and like he, he just he just wasn't getting the ball off as well. I mean, the most targets that he had was was uh, Marquez Valdez Scantley with six targets, and Travis Kelsey with another six. I mean, we saw previously Reese he had let's see he had twenty. 23 targets to receivers where if I, I promise you if we go back the last three or four games it was 23 targets for like two receivers he's just not able to get yeah. the ball off when he when he's over there and luckily we have him using his legs here and then which is really nice I think I think that's where where Pat has really evolved where like I feel like uh, the past couple of years, Pat will use his legs in the fourth quarter where now Pat is using his legs to start the game if he sees a matchup uh, or a mismatch is really nice. Um, and he's also not making a lot of mistakes where he normally would. Like we didn't see a lot of Patrick Mahomes hero ball today, um, which was nice. I, I was I was glad that he would throw it out when normally he would try to make a play and there was interception. But the fact is, if every single down from quarter one to quarter four, you're only going to have two to three seconds to throw the ball off, nothing's going to happen. Like you, you can't get this offense to move. You can't get the offense rolling. There, there's going to be no feng shui, no chemistry. Um, but look, like Pat still played well. Like, like, I, like I said, he had 223 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions, a couple sacks that weren't his fault. Um, but if we don't like, okay, Reese, so panic meter for for the playoffs. Now we've seen a loss against the Bills and a loss against the Bengals and a fluke game against the Colts. The Bengals and and, and the Bills, very likely we're going to see one of them, if not both of them, in the playoffs, right? But what, like what? What is your panic meter now going into the playoffs if we if we're rematched and there's no change? OBJ Wiley is still there. Oh, I mean, it depends who you ask. Are you asking for the Bills? Or are you asking for the? Bengals? Oh, let's do Bengals since we just had them. Uh, Bengals 10. I don't think we can beat the Bengals. I, I honestly wow. don't. And, and like I said, it, it has to do with even matchups. Though this was a, even though this was a three-point game? Oh, they, but they've all been three-point games. They've all been three-point games that like the breaks have hit Bengals way every time, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's bad matchups. And that's not going to change this year. And a lot of it's not going to change until we get rid of some personnel and we install a new defense because... The style of offense the Bengals play, like I said, is something that eats us for lunch. Steve Spagnuolo's defense is based entirely on getting sacks or getting turnovers. Right now, I don't know where we are turnover-wise. We are near the bottom of the table in getting turnovers. We're not getting turnovers, period. Sack-wise, it's hit or miss. But you see what happens when we can't generate any pressure. This defense is terrible. I mean, I likened it in the group chat to Steve Spagnuolo honestly reminds me of, like, and we all know these people, piano players. And I know some good piano players that can't read music and, you know, they never took piano lessons. They just, like, taught themselves. And that's totally fine. But when it comes down to brass tacks, that's what Steve Spagnuolo looks like. And it's like, okay, I don't know how to read music, in this case a defense. I don't know how to coach secondary or stop receivers. But I do know these chords work for me a lot. So I'm just going to like keep mashing these triads and these inversions. And normally those work out fine for me. But it doesn't work out fine when you have to play in like a symphony or you have to play in a jazz band where you're hitting all these complex chords and changes and people are saying like, dude, what are you doing there? He goes, oh, I, I, I thought it sounded good. He goes like, don't, don't, don't do what sounds or feels good. Play what's on the play. Play what's on the page. Play what the the, the music musicians are giving you. And he's like, oh, uh, 
Yeah, it, what do you yeah. Think? I mean, it, it, it wasn't like Trent McDuffie and Lajarius Need were getting burnt like every play. We have talented players, like you said. It's just the scheme is not working in our favor. It's inexcusable for the past three games that there is like fifteen yards of grass with no defender in the middle. I mean, look, every single play, it seemed like there was there was no one defending in the middle because they were either trying to help on the sides, like safeties were were over on the left and the right side, or like Gay and Bolt and we're trying to like quarterback spy or something there was always this hole in the middle that was that Hayden Hurst who should not be exposing us absolutely exposed us especially in that first quarter which I think was poignant by the way and I'm sure we'll talk about that but you're right I think we have talented players it's just like they are not putting into positions to succeed especially against really good teams and this is and this goes the same for the Buffalo Bills right we just played Jamar Chase um, T Higgins sorry I got his name wrong maybe it was my fault because i kept saying rashad um but on the flip side the bills have stefan Diggs. things are like this going to happen where then dawson dawson knox is going to be in the middle and there's going to be a hole there i mean things like that just really pissed me off because because these are easy things to fix that are just never get fixed because like you said we're kind of dying on the hill of a spags defense which is really unfortunate and and reese i don't think that like I think worst case scenario this year, knock on wood, is like losing in the second round of the playoffs. But I think that is successful enough that Andy would not let go of Spags. Um, no, Spags isn't going anywhere, especially since his defense is so young. They're going to want to give him a few more years to see these guys grow up and progress and all that stuff. And they've been drafting for dudes in a Spag system. But I, I, I'm very afraid that that's honestly what's going to kill us. So here's the thing. Uh, your question, panic level against the Bengals in the playoffs, 10. 10. Panic level against the Bills in the playoffs, honestly, 4 or 5. I'm not afraid of the well, Bills. I'm really because not. So, and, and, and your theory is it matchup for Bengals, Bills, you think we match yeah. up well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills beat the if the Bills beat the Bengals like forty five to seventeen. I, I'm serious, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Different different matchup for them. I think we match up much better against the Bills, and I think it's shown. The thing that concerns me is that in the last uh, what is it six games against these guys, both those teams were one in five with that one Jeez. win coming against the Bills in the playoffs last year. That's not good. But like I said, when it comes down to brass tacks, we beat the Bills when it matters. Right. We can't beat the Bengals at all. Now, this is what has me really worried here. The reason I think both those teams are 1-5 against us in the last six is the fact that they don't have any glaring weaknesses on either side. They're not fantastic all around, but let's be honest here. Bengals defense, that's probably a top 12-15 to 15 unit now. They're, they've quietly battened down the hatches and become a very respectable defense. Offense... I think it speaks to themselves. We don't have to worry about the offense when you got three dudes on there who are number one options on a majority of teams across the league. The Buffalo Bills, very good defense. If Patrick Mahomes had a Buffalo Bills level defense, I'm dead serious. I, I, oh, I've said it before. The Chiefs, I'll say it again. The Chiefs, yeah, I think we would be the like Tom Brady, Randy Moss Patriots. Josh Allen's been playing like a bonehead for like the last five weeks, but he has that defense to bail him out in all these close games. Mahomes' margin of error is so small in this team. It is so small. And you see it in all of these games, and a big part of it is the defense. What does the defense need to do? The defense needs to get you the ball back. How do they do that? Sacks on third down. Turnovers. This defense 
cannot do either of those things. So when Travis Kelsey fumbles the ball the 50-yard line when you can go up two scores, when Harrison Butker misses a go-ahead field goal or a tie field goal, whatever that was, and the defense needs to get a stop, I don't trust this defense to stop anybody. I don't trust this defense to... Well, okay, I guess they can stop Perkins in that fourth-string Rams offense last week. But when it comes down to numbers, I do not trust this Chiefs defense to stop anyone and that is the biggest difference between the Bengals, the Bills, and the Chiefs in the last two seasons. Yeah, you know, as as you were saying that, I I kind of just glanced over our schedule. The only the only time that that our defense has um, allowed an offense to score less than twenty points was last week against the Rams, right? Bryce Perkins, uh, Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Tennessee with Malik Williams, and then. Oh, that that's actually it. So three, like two very inexperienced quarterbacks that should not be starting, and then one very very young quarterback. So I mean, it's very inexcusable and and a glaring weakness now, right? Like they had done enough from week one till now to tell to show me that they were average, and we've talked about that. Like like oh, we've seen some great play by Chris Jones. We've seen Legarius Sneed. Um, uh, we've seen Trent McDuffie really hold their own against some elite receivers. But if you look at the grand scheme, like reese just said i mean they they've basically let people score more than 20 points every single game and that's going to be unacceptable especially in the playoffs i mean look at like the like juxtaposition of the of the uh, denver broncos right denver broncos um are holding people to an average of 17 points i mean imagine if we had a broncos defense right like we we, we would only have lost one game maybe which is which is really sad right really sad especially when you have the greatest player to ever live in patrick mahomes and he's given you incredible numbers I mean, on on the flip side, the only bad game he's had is against the Colts where they scored 70 points. So very, very unacceptable. And yeah, I don't really see a solution. I kind of want to pinpoint a couple people, Reese, now that we're talking about the defense and I'll let you go. Um, Well, you're not going anywhere. I mean, I'll let you like talk. Um, Justin Reed, we know the uh, saying, you F around and you find out. Well, Justin Reed found out after making fun of Hayden Hurst, making fun of T. Higgins, making fun of Jamar Chase, going after him in Twitter. That's what happens, guys. That I, I'm I'm actually very upset with Justin Reed. When I first saw that he he did what he did, talking smack. Justin Reed, you you weren't even there last year. Why why are you talking smack? And then seeing Andy's reaction to it actually scared me. When 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 the media um, had questioned Andy about it, Andy like very rarely do you see Andy just like be in dad mode. You know when you like when you come home and like you you got in a fight at school. And, and like the uh, the uh, principal called your parents and already told them like he already knows you're in trouble that's what andy looked mm-hmm. like during that press conference and said he's oh, he's new totally. here but now he gets it unfortunately i don't think it was a coincidence that hayden hayden hurst was targeted four or five times on that first drive where they scored a touchdown like that's what happens because they knew that that justin reed and juan thornhill were going to play that too high safety and and that hayden hurst was going to have the open field so furthermore is going to like really expose 
expose those safeties and make them look even worse. So I was really disappointed with Justin Reed. Also, Juan Thornhill, I don't think he had a very good game as well. Uh, Justin, uh, sorry, Juan Thornhill also going on Twitter right after the game, telling people to stop, you know, making fun of the Chiefs. And that, that was also really classless. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm really disappointed uh, from these safeties. I think. I think Trent McDuffie, I think Legereus Need played really well, but I think it comes down to, like you said, the front four, but also those safeties just did not play well today, Reese. Man, it's like, where do you begin? Uh, You know, I will say Joe Burrow is very good at going through his progressions. He's very good at going through his progressions. When he has time. When he doesn't have time, you can see that gear shut off, Mm. and like he's like a deer in the headlights. He really is. Uh, Today, he had all the time in the world to wait for one of his wide receiver ones to get wide open and that's exactly what happened and we saw it how many times on uh, i think even the commentators are starting to call on it too like the chiefs kept playing this soft zone coverage and it's just like all right Boyd runs seven yards and then just yep. kind of slant up, you know, to the sidelines. You're wide open. All right, there you go. Dink and slant, dunk. Go to the and if flat. It wasn't that. Yeah, exactly. Samaji Pirine. All right, just go to the flat and wait for it. Okay, there it is. Now go run for seven yards. It, it was there all the time, and it starts with not being able to get any pressure, and then it's not helped by a defensive coordinator who will not adjust. The only time I think we ever played man coverage, and really only play man coverage with Spags, is when we're blitzing. And at that point then, it's not even man coverage. It's, all right, cornerbacks, go and try and get a deflection on a deep ball. Yeah, and and, and Joe, I, and I have to hand it to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow also really good against the blitz. When he saw the blitz coming, he said, all right, fine. And, just, and exactly what you say, you just threw it up, and and that's Spag's formula. Go ahead, try to get try to get a hand up, which doesn't work when you're playing Jamar Chase. No, and, and here's the thing too. I said this before, and I'll say it again. We picked up Steve Spagnolo at a time when we lost to the New England Patriots, and we needed a proven Tom Brady killer, mm-hmm. and that's exactly that's what Steve Spagnolo was. We don't play Tom Brady anymore. We don't need a Tom Brady killer on defense. What we need is a solid, all-around, unspectacular defensive coordinator who drills fundamentals and can get players to know their assignments and play with a little bit of heart. Yeah, you... That's all we know you you've you've said i have nothing against what you say and i agree with everything you're saying you're also seeing a lot of great defenses have two or three guys that are just all over the field like 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 derwin james and the chargers uh who did we just play we just played someone else that like they they have these hybrid roles that that are really changing defenses that that we are not doing right everyone has their position everyone do what they have to do maybe we'll have these blitz packages but like like these great defenses their their guys can do multiple things von miller can do multiple things derwin james can do multiple things uh jalen ramsey even though we saw him not at his best can do multiple things sometimes um anyway yeah i I think we're just beating a dead horse here, um, but really unacceptable. I would say probably a, a D plus to D minus performance from the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I mean, over what is this? I I can't do math right now, but I'm over. No, no, no. Four hundred and sixty-one yards of offense for the Bengals. Unacceptable. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna say 
I'm not hitting this button yet uh, because I think Andy Reid is a better coach than Aaron Rodgers had a lot of his time. But I think it's it's fair to start hitting the Aaron Rodgers. No, I know don't do that. I, I think the Chiefs are doing a better job trying to bring talent into the organization than the Packers were. But it's getting a little bit nerve-wracking to the point where, like I said, Patrick has zero margin for error and has to play hero ball more than any of these other quarterbacks he's going up against. Maybe not Josh Allen, but Josh Allen seems to like getting hit because he's weird that way. <laughs> but, and then, and, and then I mean, also Bills fans also enjoy it anyway. Well, it's just like we have to get Patrick a defense that is just like, hey, guess what? Every game we're going to, you know, it's going to be 19 points. They'll have to work for more than 19 points. And if they get it, you know, they earned it. But we're going to we're going to hold them to 19 points. And I don't think that's too much to ask, especially when you're playing teams like the Bengals. And I mean, especially the Rams last week where they're trying to limit the Chiefs possessions, which only makes the margin of error on Patrick even more thin. I think we had what not counting that. uh not counting that final drive at the end of the first half that we got with like 20 seconds. I think the Chiefs had three drives in the first yeah. half. It's like, okay, so you expect us to get 21 points in the first half or we're going to lose just because this defense can't stop anybody? It's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, Reese, you are, you're right. You're, that's very hot takey, man, to already put him in that put him in that realm of might being that one Super Bowl and done but you're right in the sense that they haven't really done much on defense I will push back a little bit and say that Brett Veach was focusing on building that offensive line and I know that Orlando Brown Jr. hasn't been that guy but Brett Veach has really tried to make a semblance of an offensive line and it it's kind of worked right at least in the front three um, I'm hoping that this offseason, no matter the outcome, is where they put Spag's feet to the fire. Because if you and I, Kansas City Chiefs fans, are seeing this continuity of we can't even be an average defense, then I bet Brett Veach is losing sleep over this every single night. I don't know if it's too late to make that assessment, but at least by 2023, if they're not having the conversation of letting Spags go or thinking of having some new blood in there, you know, maybe having a new quality control guy that eventually can take over that defense. I don't know, man. It's it's just really sad to even think about this is already becoming an Aaron Rodgers project. Yeah, when Spags can't mash his triads and inverted triads on the piano, he really doesn't <laughs> seem to know what he's doing. When he can't generate a pass rush, and when he can't send the house to generate a pass rush, it really seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. That's all I'm going to say. While everybody that's not a musician looks up what an inverted triad is, Reese, let's go to the break. Let's have a beer. Let's chill out a little bit. And then maybe we can come back, talk about some Isaiah Pacheco because we love Isaiah Pacheco. And then uh, talk about the future of this team after this. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Hang on. Don't worry there. Hopefully there are better times. But defense, you got to figure it out. Stay tuned. It's everyone's favorite time of the podcast. That's right, it's This Week in Craft Beer, the segment of the show where we talk about what's going on this week in craft beer and also review a delicious craft beer for your listening pleasure. For those just joining us in the last segment, uh, I'm still feeling about talking about music theory right now. So just a quick layman's terms, when I'm talking that Spags only knows how to play triads and inverted triads and like nothing beyond that, those are Green Day chords. He can play Green Day chords and that's absolutely it. 
Does that make sense? Uh, let's see. Uh... I walk. Uh, uh... <laughs> I walk a lonely road, the only road that I have. Well, I'm trying to known. think. I. Uh, uh... Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Oh yeah. Do you have the time? That's what Reese means. Yeah. That's I mean so if you asked him, it's like, yo man, can you play me a scale? He'd be like, What's a scale? But do you have the time? Uh, do you have the time to listen to me whine about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bengals, guys? This sucks. Dude, Reese, should, uh, should, so anyway, should, should, should this become a Kansas City Chiefs uh, craft beer and theory pod? Oh, my gosh. Craft beery. Hey. Dude, I sucked at music theory in college. Okay, I, I didn't suck, but like it was so obvious that that was the one i'm like i just got to get a passing grade in this course <laughs> once like like i i was actually pretty good at like theory one two and three but then once it got to like form an analysis and like shankirian like shankirian analysis i was like peace dude the shankirian analysis professor at umkc is a real one because i th- i think she gave me a b in that course and i was like yo man i'm gonna get a, i'm gonna get a c plus just to pass out of here and she gave me a b and i was like no way and she was so understanding too because like shankirian analysis is basically like sort of the philosophy of music right it's like where yeah, it's like if, if you yeah if you can like defend your thesis and explain what you did here like it's technically not incorrect <laughs> so like she That's was very theory. nice and she's like <laughs> basically yeah, so music theory. For those of you who don't know, music theory is the most bullcrap, unholy union between philosophy and math, where there are rules until there aren't rules. Gosh, dude, Reese, Reese is more fired Burrow up about this music. than the Bengals game. So wait, it's the what? It's the Joe Burrow what? It's the Joe Burrow of music, dude. He's, oh he's good gosh. until he's not. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so we're foregoing the news part of this. We can craft beer just because we've eaten up all this time, and Armando's got a bunch of auditions in New York. Joe, Joe, out, Joe so. Burrow, I'm good at theory, and I can throw my checkdowns. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is the Kurt Cobain of guitar playing in the sense what? of like Kurt, Co- Kurt Cobain. How dare you wasn't slander Kurt, man? No, he wasn't that good, dude. Kurt was just power chords. He was nothing but power chords, but he was great at power chords. And that is Joe Burrow, dude. Wow. He's great at he's great at hitting those if power chords. If 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 we're gonna continue slander, then Joe Burrow is the Dave Grohl of vocals. Oh Dave Grohl, one of the best drummers to ever live, decides to make his own band and and sings in it? Yeah, that's an interesting choice. That's a real interesting choice. Dude, I'm so sad. I never got to see Foo Fighters before Taylor Hawkins passed away. It makes me Damn. sad. I actually don't. You knew that, no, right? I, I actually don't know Foo Fighters at all. Logan's a big Foo Fighters fan, but... Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, you know the Foo Fighters, but you know their drummer passed away last year? <laughs> oh, no, no. I know Dave Grohl that, like, <laughs> Logan, just, Logan just texted me and said, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Because she heard me say Dave Grohl. She just canceled her Patreon <laughs> subscription. She's like, this is dumb. They went off the rails after season three. <laughs> no, like, Dave, okay, wait. Like, Dave Grohl was an incredible drummer with Nirvana, but not with Foo Fighters because he's vocals. But no, he, he was, should be playing drums because yeah. he's amazing. 
He should. Taylor Hawkins was his drummer, who was literally like blonde Dave Grohl. Oh, really? I mean, that's that's what he looked like. That's what he sounded like. It was like when you're playing Street Fighter and you choose Ryu, and there's Ken, who's like the palace swap Ryu, basically. Anyway, this week in craft beer, <laughs> it is time to continue hauling out the holly, putting up the tree before my spirit falls again. Oh, speaking of which, did I tell you? I told you about my Christmas tree, right? That had like no. the lights that almost like burned down. The oh house. yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Did you do that on the pod yeah, or did yeah, you do that I, off the pod? I don't remember. In case I didn't say it on the pod, <laughs> Noelle's got this Christmas tree from Walmart from when she was in like undergrad, so it's like twelve years old. And like it's got some of those lights that are pre-strung, like built into the tree essentially. So it's a nice looking tree. But uh it's getting old. And the other day I was looking at it, I'm like, yo, some of those lights are like <laughs> omega level bright. And she's like, Oh, those are pretty bright. She's like, go touch them, see if they're hot. And I touched them and they were like Pss. I'm like, gee, freaking purrs, man. <laughs> So that tree is about to burn down the apartment. So it, it is not allowed to be lit up this year. <laughs> Rip Noel's Christmas now, tree. I hope, I, I hope she doesn't have any like s- sentimental value to it. Nah, I, I always told her once we move into a house, I'm like, we can get like a nice Christmas tree, a nice Christmas tree. Uh, so just speaking of shiny things this week, continuing on our Christmas beer, I have Shiner Holiday Cheer, baby. Ooh, I've never had that. It's it's an ale brewed with pe- uh, peaches and pecans, and I got this courtesy of Bubbles again, because like I said, I'm in the mood for trying out some of these macro beers from breweries like Shiner. All right, solid. Well, while Reese cracks that open as we do our holiday beer reviews for the month of December, we rate our beers with a ton of categories. The first one is going to be appearance. Nope, sorry. The first one is going to be aroma, then it's appearance, then it's flavor, then it's mouthfeel, then it's aftertaste, and the last one is the ever-changing uh, Stonks drinkability quotient. How awesome is this beer? How badass is this beer? How does it make you feel? Reese just poured that into a lovely tulip. So let us know. How does that beer smell? Oh my gosh. It's like mega fruity. It smells like fruit punch. What's wrong with this? Wait, are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Uh <laughs> oh. It smells if if like you blindfolded me, you took me to a, a basement in like a dark room and you're like it smells the beer and you made me smell this beer i would think it was fruit punch i wouldn't believe that it was beer that's interesting now i like how fruit punch smells don't get me wrong i love i don't know fruit punch a wine punch action let's go but i don't know if i like that on my beer so i'm gonna give this a uh I'm a very, a very concerned 5.3. <laughs> it's uh, I'm 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 hoping this beer is going to be great, but but it would be fitting that this beer sucks after or after oh. this Chiefs loss. Gosh. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I'm smelling for peaches, and this just smells like fruit punch. Not promising. 5.5. Okay, and I'm 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 looking from my end, Reese, and if that if that smelled like fruit punch and the way that looks, I would be pissed. Well, so uh, appearance number two, uh, it's it's not as dark as it looks. I see I see what you're seeing on the camera. That looks almost like brown, yeah, like a looks like, like an amber ale. ale. Yeah, yeah this, this is a it's like a very translucent uh, ruby ale. I can kind of make shapes out from behind it when I hold it against my computer screen. Uh, head retention, 
it had about a half inch ahead. It's disappeared to like a nice little, you know, thin surface area. Uh, the lace on this though is actually like elite. This is like this is like Randy Moss versus the Cowboys on Thanksgiving level lace. Speaking about Cowboys, Cowboys are running forty seven and nineteen right now. Dude, maybe they are dem boys. I'm just saying. I've I, I, for the record on here and in the in the chat, I've always thought Dak Prescott was good. No, dude, I don't like Dink Brexit. He's like. Ugh. He's the definition. But like, oh, but maybe it's not Dak. But I think that the Cowboys have figured out how to use Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott together, and that's like scary. Dude, Tony Pollard's like diet Debo Samuel. He's Dude, really Tony Pollard good. two 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 touchdowns, ninety one yards. Anyway, uh, appearance. Uh, let me just give this. Uh, you know, it's not bad looking, but given the smell, the smell makes me look at the color differently. So I'm going to say another tentative like. Seven, <laughs> flat seven. It's just, it's just, it's just so fitting as to like what just happened in the Chiefs game and like Ugh. your beer review. Okay, well now I'm like this is may, may, this is maybe the most anticipated flavor category that I've ever witnessed because now I'm like super interested. How does this beer taste, Reese? Because also if it if it tastes normal like like a normal like winter beer. Why does it smell like fruit punch? It tastes like someone poured fruit punch into freaking iced tea and then poured that into my beer. What is this? Gosh. Oh, it's repugnant. You, you should make this the oh. uh, the, uh, the uh, preview to the episode. Oh, my word. That tastes worse than today's victory felt. <laughs> when, or lost when, felt. Did, when, when did you purchase this? Did you purchase it like three years ago and maybe you were like getting an adjunct or something? No, this is just trash, dude. I, I'm dead serious. It tastes like someone poured fruit punch into black iced tea and poured that into an ale. What, but like, wh- why does it look the way it looks then? <laughs> if Okay, it smells like it's supposed to taste, I guess. But why does it look like that? I don't, dude. Dude, this is this is know. this uh, is suspicious. Why would like Shiner? Not, wait, this is Shiner, right? Yeah, dude. Wait, I, I'm just gonna say this right isn't now. the same people like the Shinerbach people, is it? Yes, it's the same people as Shiner. Wait, isn't Bach. isn't that the beer that um that a Kyle? Isn't that the beer that Kyle did the very first one? Oh no, that was Lone Star. I, no, that was Lone Star. Sorry, that was Lone Star. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Even then, gosh dang, this tastes like. Gosh, it tastes like. The guy from Candyland, remember there was like the gumball dude? It tastes like the inside of his boot. <laughs> it's just so bad. Oh, man. Oh, I needed this. It tastes like Every okay, sorry, sorry, Texas, but every beer that that we've reviewed from Texas has not been good. No, dude, Texas beer is trash. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, for science, I'm gonna give this one more sip. <laughs> Yeah, because like we had like we had Shinerbach, we've had this one, we've had Lone Star beer that like it was Kyle's first review, and it was the worst beer review in, in Found City Sports Media history. It keeps getting worse. It tastes like at the end. It tastes like someone like dry hopped it with something. Oh my goodness! 
Guys, oh. this is the lowest taste on Fountain City Sports Media history. That's a zero. Wow. <laughs> that gets a zero. What of one of the worst Chiefs games in Chiefs like history in the Patrick Mahomes era, and also the worst beer in Fountain City Sports Media, all in all in the one day. Oh my goodness! I'll make you a deal. If I get last in the fantasy league, my punishment could be putting down a six pack of these during a game. Oh gosh! Where did you get this Walmart? Bubbles, dude. Oh, bubbles, Ale come brewed on. with peaches and pecan. And with natural flavor and caramel color. What kind also, of Mickey Mouse <laughs> holiday bullcrap is this? Dude, I also can't find it on the Shiner website. Oh, there it is. Oh, I don't have my... Wait, I have my phone. Let me sit untapped to say it about it. <laughs> right, just, what's, what's the next category? Mouthfeel? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so gross. A holiday beer that smells like... Or that tastes like... Fruit punch. Yeah, for mouthfeel, for mouthfeel, it makes my mouth feel sad. That's just what this is. Oh, my God. Zero, zero on mouthfeel. No, again, it, it tastes like it's got like iced tea consistency. Oh, man. Shiner. A little bit of a little bit of sparkle that like accentuates the hop crap in the back. 4.2. <laughs> also, Shiner is run by <laughs> by Spatzel Brewery. I thought Shiner yeah, was its own. own. They own uh, Shiner. They own Shiner. But Spatzel like is like in people. in Europe or uh, no? It's in no. Texas still. Shiner, Texas. Yeah. So what? technically, it says this is a Dunkelweizen <laughs> dog. No way. No way. This tastes like Rudolph threw up in my stocking. <laughs> maybe maybe we should have you just like go on a tangent and just like keep saying things like this. <laughs> it's, just, it's just stand-up hour for Reese. Yeah, I'm looking it up on the website. Uh, uh, a Bavarian-style dark wheat ale brewed with Texas peaches and roasted pecans. Okay. Very, thank you. Thanks. Very cool. No, I'm, my my wife made candy pecans today, and those were those were banging. This the opposite. How many more categories we got to get? Wait, through? what is what is poisoning? Poisoning? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have it says no it idea. says like it, it talks about the beer, and then it says and croisoning ensures a smoothness that makes the subtle peach and pecan flavors all more satisfying. Oh gosh. Croisoning is a German term for the addition of actively fermenting wort as an inoculant to induce fermentation in a different batch of wort or beer. So, Did like, you just have extra wort this? in your beer. Yeah, like you know, you know, what wort is right. Yeah, it's like the leftover crap from the mash. You you don't yeah, want like you don't want any more. That's like the stuff you throw out. We use the stones to destroy the stones. Gosh, it's like it's like when you it's like when you drink. No, it's like when you eat yogurt to like fight the stomach ache that your antibiotic gave you. So you take probiotics to fight that. (laughs) (laughs) This is a petri dish of garbage. This is this is this is the worst beer in Fancy Sports Media history. But this may be the best beer review in Fancy Sports Media history. (laughs) All right, we have we have aftertaste. I think unless you already did it, I don't remember. (laughs) You won't believe me on this. Oh no, you love it. Eleven. No, the the aftertaste is like. 
half bad because it's that weird like bitterness to it. Like I said, it tastes like they dry hopped it with something. But like, if I let it sit for thirty seconds, I almost get a roasted malty taste to it. Yeah. But because because the front half is so tainted by those gnarly hop flavors. I can't go above a 6.4 on aftertaste on this. And, it, and even then, 6. It's a 6 on aftertaste. Oh, my gosh. There's a... Um, I'm looking on Reddit. There's these guys called the Brewski Brothers. And it's like a five-minute video. And it's... Uh, it says how Shiner Holiday Cheer is a bad excuse for a Christmas beer. Oh, gosh. Why couldn't they warn me yeah, we, sooner? We are not the only ones. So that's good. Um, okay, so this is awful. Um, yep, I'm also looking at some other Reddits. It says, Shiner's Holiday Cheer Seasonal is terrible. <laughs> Shiner Cheer serious, has lost dude, its, is... well, cheer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yikes. I'd rather get a Shiner than drink a Shiner. All right, the Stonks Drinkability, <laughs> Stonks Drinkability Question, Reese. I'm assuming it's not going to be great. This makes me wish that I celebrated any of the other happy holidays besides Christmas because, oh wait, this is technically holiday cheer. No, this makes me want to go full Grinch. Christmas is canceled. Hanukkah is not happening. Kwanzaa can just kick it down the road. Shiner has wrecked the holidays with this beer. This sad excuse of a fruit punch that tastes like the soakings of brining your turkey. Speaking of which, how'd that turn out? It was actually pretty good. Um, I uh, it was weird. It was strange because I had a, a smaller bird, but even the even so, the like the the uh, the uh, breast had cooked, but like some of the um, like like the legs were kind of undercooked still. So I needed to put it in the oven, which is strange because you would think that something that's closer to the heat source would hook would cook faster but the breast cooked much faster than like the parts that are supposed to take like less time so anyway i ended up putting most of it in the oven for like another hour and then it was great like it was great i was just really i was kind of pissed because it wasn't perfect Mm. well where was i <clears throat> this tastes like Limp Biscuit sounds. This tastes like how Limp Biscuit looks. These are the limpest of biscuits. I wouldn't leave on a tray to give to Santa Claus if I knew I had sainthood and had guaranteed gifts. The Krampus doesn't beat you with reeds. The Krampus makes you drink one of these things and smile while doing it. This thing, I wouldn't hang my stocking above the chimney with care. I would throw the stocking in the fireplace. Christmas is canceled. Stonk's drinkability quotient on this, zero. And and to end this, I will uh, I'll uh, sing us out with some limp biscuit. I can't remember all the holiday shiner holiday cheer. That's an inverted chord for people that don't know. Perfect. back from probably the best beer review in Found City Sports Media history. Reese is still drinking. Reese, you're still drinking it. Why? I paid a buck ninety nine for that beer. Oh, I wish I didn't. 
man, that's bad. <laughs> very, very rarely do you have a beer that is bad that is like not expired, right? Like most most beers are bad because they have expired at some point. But for Reese to like. <laughs> To buy a beer that's probably like fresh off of Shiner Spetzel, Texas, and it's still <laughs> being awful is that that is an all time low. But anyway, it makes for a really great episode because we're just like piling it on today, man. Bengals kicked our butts. The whatever beer, the holiday cheer just kicked his taste buds to the fire. And now let's talk about some good stuff to round out the pod, Reese, because this is just this is too much piling on for the two of us. We just can't take it. Isaiah Pacheco, one of the big reasons why we lost to the Bengals previously was because Patrick Mahomes was playing hero ball and there was there was no running game. We hadn't established a running game. So I know Andy Reid said, nope, this time if if we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose another way. <laughs> And it's oh, not going to be because of the running game because they utilize Isaiah Pacheco again, the workhorse for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it'll be really interesting. This is another topic for another day where we can talk about it. It'll be really interesting when CH is off IR and like what happens. But I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is the man. He looked great. His motor is a hundred percent from quarter one to quarter four. I mean, there is no fatigue there. He's starting to really find holes too and be explosive like throughout his run. I'm I'm just I'm very impressed. Uh, Reese, what do you have to say about your your camp crush, Isaiah Pacheco? Pacheco just continues to show why I'm glad that he's running back one on this team. Why he moved on from Clyde. In fact, I think it was this was pre Travis Kelsey fumble. When we were up four points, we were driving, and I, I, I'm sorry, at that point, I legit thought we had exercised the demons and we were going to ice the game. Like, we're going to put up another touchdown here. Bengals defense looks like crap. And I said, if we had CEH in this game, I'm like, there's a good chance this game gets out of hand and we get blown up by the Bengals. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco kept moving the chains. Yeah, and really helped. 4.7, yeah, 4.7 yards per carry. And I'm like, this is what we were missing last time with someone who can just like keep the ground game going, keep them honest in the air, and we can ice this game. He was complimented nicely by Jarek McKinnon, who had eight carries for 51 yards. Played very well. I think that's our best one-two punch. I think Pacheco still has a lot of learning to do. I think if he can watch, coincidentally, if he can watch Jarek McKinnon game film and just see how patient McKinnon is before hitting that straight line speed, you'll see it. McKinnon will like run forward a yard or two, kind of stop, wait for the lanes, and then take off. Pacheco has the potential to do that and then some with his speed. He played great. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And then and a really like here's the thing with with this game. If anything good, it's that even with pressure. OBJ playing poorly, Wiley playing poorly. The Bengals have our number, rushing three, still getting to Pat. Like Pat and Isaiah Pacheco, like still establishing an offense. And I think that's really important because, like you said, there, there's nothing that shows us that this defense is going to be better than average. So if this is what it's going to be like, at least we have something to look forward to for the rest of the season and look forward to the playoffs. If we can establish a running game against a playoff team in the playoffs, like that's really going to change things, especially if, because. I haven't gone back to look at the film. Obviously, the, it just happened. But was Travis Kelsey just double teamed the entire time? He wasn't getting any looks, man. 
I mean, it was a combination of Kelsey was getting double teamed a lot and the fact that, like we've talked about, Mahomes just didn't have any time back there in the pocket. I think it's a big reason why we saw a lot of McKinnon on the field, even if he wasn't getting all the touches, is he's such a great pass-protecting running back. But no, they kept Kelsey bottled pretty pretty good. And, uh, you know, I just, can, we, can we transition really quick into the passing game? Sure. For yeah. second? I think it's impressive what Pat was able to do today. But again, this is just talking about the thin margin of error for Mahomes. His wide receivers, <clears throat> his just receiving core in general today, his lead receiver is Marquez Valdez Scantling. And he's not a wide receiver one. I don't even know if Marquez is going to be on this team next year. But he had Marquez, he had Kelsey. He had Juju, who was coming back off of concussion protocol, who may have gotten concussed again. Oof. So Juju wasn't really there that game. He didn't see a whole lot of snaps. And then you have Justin Watson, Noah Gray, Jared McKinnon, Jody Fortson. Guys, if there's one reason to look for optimism going forward with his offense, it's the fact that all of Pat's weapons are out right now. Juju Smith-Schuster is far from 100% in playing. Kadarius Toney is still nursing a hamstring. Uh, Michael Hardman's on IR. This was like, come on. We're looking at this compared to Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Samaji P. Ryan, who I think is actually a pretty respectable running back. Uh, You know, I mean, even full power Juju Smith-Schuster is what? Maybe the second best wide receiver on that roster? Maybe if he's on the Bengals? Oh, well, yeah, maybe. But like T. T Higgins is very good. I think think T. Higgins is one of the best wide, wide receivers in the NFL because before Jamar Chase was there last year, T. Higgins put up a thousand yards before, uh, before Jamar was there. Like T. T. Higgins was wide, wide receiver one. And then Jamar Chase is like the second coming of Randy Moss. So then they're like, all right, forget it. So no, like I, I don't even think Juju would be number two. He'd be probably number three. Now, do I think we beat the Bengals if we have all those guys healthy? No, because the Bengals have some sort of like weird witchcraft pact against us <laughs> but in all seriousness no i i actually don't even know i, I think that's, that's that's reason to be hopeful i think when we play the bills in the playoffs we get that far uh but you know pat is really being asked to do a lot with what he had to work with today am i wrong you're not wrong i just thought of a tangent but it's kind of timely are it, the is is the kansas city chiefs the LA Chargers to who like we are to the Chargers no because the Chargers the Chargers play and lose close games like they do to us to a lot of different teams and I think you say it like today for the Raiders even the Chargers just aren't good and I mean it's not like the Chargers don't score points on us just Mahomes always does some miracle against the Chargers that pull out those W's but no it's I can't even think of who the Chiefs play that we just match up really well against that they can't seem to beat us no matter how hard they try. The Ravens, I guess. I I don't know. No, Ravens beat us last year in the regular season. I mean, I I guess the Chargers are kind of a close comparison, but again, it's like... I think the reason why the Bengals are so good against us is have you... I mean, you've heard that joke like, stop trying to hit me and just hit me? No. Oh well, you know it's 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 a cliche. It's like stop trying so hard to do something. Just be the best version of you you can, and like just do your best. The reason why the Bills have such a hard time bucking us off is that again, like we talked about last week, the Bills have created a chief beater T 
team. The reason why the AFC West is so bad against this is that they've done their darndest to build a Chiefs beater team, when in reality, the Bengals never went out to build a Chiefs beater team. They just went, and they're like, okay, what's the best offensive talent we can get? Okay, great. Can we shore up a halfway decent defense to do it? Great. Oh, it turns out that this is the recipe for beating the Chiefs, and we have it on our team? Okay, we might lose to all these 500 and below (laughs) teams, but like, if it beats the Chiefs, who cares? Yeah, I mean, and, and look, it worked, and that's that's what makes it very frustrating. But Reese, let's 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 segue out of it then and talk about things that may not be frustrating. The rest of the season, we have for the rest of the season. <clears throat> next week, Denver. Following week, Houston. Then Seattle, who Seattle just lost to. I forget who they just lost to. Oh no, no, sorry, Seattle just beat the Rams, but barely twenty-seven to twenty-three. So the Seattle might be slumping, right? It may be the end of the Geno Smith experience. Um, then we have the the Broncos again, and then to end the season, the Raiders. Safe to say that none of these are going to be any close to like a Bengals team or a Bills team or a Ravens team, like. Maybe it's not smooth sailing, but the likely like the likelihood of us going five and zero is very likely. Um, Reese, are you encouraged because we have an easy schedule? Um, if we go five and zero, are you still going to be very skeptical going into the playoffs? Uh, what What do you think? I think I said last week that the Bengals would be a measuring stick, and if we beat the Bengals, I would say this is a Super Bowl or bust team. I don't think this Chiefs team is a Super Bowl team. Uh, I think they're good enough to beat the teams in the way of them, like the Bills and, you know, like the Dolphins and the Ravens and those kind of teams. They could win the Super Bowl, but if they don't win the Super Bowl, I'm going to be like, I could see that coming. I I would probably say, like, Spags had a terrible day on defense and we just got gashed up by the linebacker core you know that's what killed us that game where we generated no pressure i knew that was going to come back and bite us plus we got three yeah three divisional games in there two against the broncos who haven't beaten us since the second obama administration (laughs) and the raiders who are going to want revenge at home and who knows raiders could play for a playoff spot for all we know there's somehow five Josh, josh jacobs is just resurrected to be one of the best running backs of the year so, you know, I, I don't feel great about getting the one seed. I don't think getting the one seed matters so much. Uh, so it, I, I feel like I felt last year, which is this team could win the Super Bowl, but they're going to have to get hot to do it. Well, and, and, and that's my question is assume that we are going to be hot. Assume that we're going to go 5-0. and oh. Do you still trust that that hot team that just beat the Broncos twice, Texans, Seahawks, Raiders can go in and beat a Bills team handedly. <clears throat> What's tough is that we're going to have to see it with the results on the field as opposed to just looking at wins and losses because there really aren't any big hurdles we have to get by. These last five weeks are about just don't screw up. And it's not healthy. like... <laughs> Yeah, it's not like our Super Bowl run year where it was like, okay, we got some big games in the back half here. We're going to have to win these and have like another team lose to give us help and all this stuff going on. And if that happens, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to want to play us. I don't see that being the thing with the schedule. I can see us like 
kind of tripping up and limping to five and zero, but it won't be pretty. It won't fill me with confidence, and I also don't know if it'll land us the number one seed. I think that the Bills lose again. I don't. I don't see the Bills going five and zero. I don't even know their schedule, but I just know that they're not going to go five and zero because their their division's actually tough, and like every divisional game is an implication for the playoffs. So I think. I think eventually, if we don't screw up, we can be the number one seed. But in saying so, like you said, these next five weeks need to be... We know what our weaknesses are, and they're very glaring. Like, like this this Bengals game was not an aberration. The same issues that we had against the Bengals are the same issues we had against the Bills, the same issues we had against the Colts, and the same issues that we've had against like really close games like the Chargers and the and the Titans, right? We need to to tighten the screws on defense. We need to see someone on that defensive line other than Chris Jones come out. We need George Karloftis, you need to become a star now. Uh, Frank Clark, you need to be consistent. Mike Dana, you or Mike Dana or or Colin Saunders, one of you needs to come out now. Um, uh, Justin Reed, Juan Thornhill, you guys have to stop making mistakes. Um, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, one of you has to become a solidified cornerback number three, right? Not both of you need to pan up, but one of you has to pan on the next five games so that we can have three corners, two safeties. We already know Bolden and Gay are going to be great and someone to come out on that defensive line and then... I say we can beat anybody in our path, but that's a lot that needs to happen. So I'm kind of with you, Reese. Like, we are Super Bowl contenders, but am I surprised if we lose against the Bengals or the Bills in the Super Bowl? Or, sorry, not in the Super Bowl, but during the year? No. This is why the the Bills are kind of hard to put a beat on, too, is because you said the AFC East is good. Is the AFC East all that good? Or did they just get off to a hard, hot start, eat a bunch of like empty calorie wins, and now that like the chickens are starting? Yeah, I mean, like, I, it's kind of the same as in like when the AFC West is good. It's like they love beating up on each other. They have each other's number, right? Like the Chargers have our number. You wouldn't be surprised if we lost to the Raiders. You wouldn't be surprised if we lost to the Broncos if they figured it out. It's kind of the same there where like I don't think the Jets are great. But can the Jets defense like win a playoff game? Maybe. Can 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 Miami can can Terry Kill have three touchdowns in a playoff game? Maybe. But on the flip side of things, though, is the AFC West for as underwhelming as they've been this year, which I mean that's a gross understatement. They've been underwhelming. The AFC West actually has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball and actually quite high level quarterback play when you look at it. Sure. I mean, Justin Herbert, obviously stud. Derek Carr, very respectable. Gets the job done, sure. Uh, And Russell Wilson, although he's playing like absolute doo doo, supposed to be good. He still has a much higher ceiling than anybody in the AFC East, not counting Josh Allen. But like, you look at these teams in the AFC East. New England's quarterback, who is it? Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi? It's Mac Jones now, but I bet Bailey Zappi might might take the reins soon because they don't trust Mac. Jets quarterback right now, who is Mike White? Zach Wilson or Mike White? Dude. Give me a break, please. Give me a break. <laughs> Miami, Tua? Tua is arguably the... If you put Tua in the AFC West right now, I don't even know if Tua... Technically, if you want to like gauge his ceiling, is the third best quarterback in the Tua, Tua just I, I lost still, to Brock Purdy. He lost to Brock Purdy, and he's looked sus all season long. 
So that's what worries me about Buffalo going forward. I think their only real competition left to lose would be at Bengals. How did the Bengals get us and Bills at home? Ugh, I hate them. Uh, and they have Dolphins again. Battle tested. That's what I find is so weird that like the Bills are playing like not good right now, and they were playing better at the beginning of the season, but they only registered their first AFC East win this past week against the Patriots. And even then, it was twenty four ten, and they didn't look that right. good. The Patriots just looked really. Yeah, bad. no, I, I, I still think that I'm pretty confident. I would put money down that that the Buffalo Bills will lose a game in the next five games, just because we haven't, like, like you said, we we haven't seen this like stomp over everyone Bills team that we've seen for the past two to three years with Josh Allen. Like, this is a struggle team. They're starting to figure that out, just like they started to figure out Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. People are starting to figure out how how to defend Stefan Diggs, how to take away Stefan Diggs and make him play through a Dawson Knox or a Gabe Davis or a Isaiah McKenzie. Like I think that's what happened to the Bills right now. And like and and it's very similar to Patrick Mahomes where um, where Josh Allen's playing a lot of hero ball right now from from what I've seen is that he's trying to make plays because they have his number and but like he's making mistakes like Patrick Mahomes used to make mistakes playing hero ball uh, but anyway yeah I um, I get it and I, I, I understand I don't think Miami and the Jets are like Super Bowl contenders but they can definitely beat the Bills because it's a divisional game and they have just so much tape it's possible it's possible I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens but I, I don't think the Bengals wind up with the one seed. No. Do you? No, they're eight and four right now. No, and 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 they're not going to get the one seed because of what you said, Reese. You said that the Bengals have our number and that they're and that their offense just happens to be suited for our defense or vice versa. But everywhere else, like they they will also lose games. Like they're going to lose to the Bills. They're not going to beat the Bills. Kidding me? Well. I mean, they got a tough schedule. They got they got Bucks, who I mean, still isn't a walk in the yeah. park given that defense and, and given and the, the look. Tom Brady. Look, the Browns decim. I mean, I know the Browns. I forgot who they play. They played the Texans, but like the Browns, if if Deshaun Watson like pans out, he he's good. Browns are going to be good. Browns, Browns could ball. Bills can play. Ravens there. Ravens last still game of the kicking. Year, which could be for the division. They're still kicking. Yeah. So. We need them to beat the Bills and then to like lose one other game just for some breathing room. Yeah, no, I'm 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 confident that that the Bengals have a tough enough schedule that they're not going to be high up there, and I think the Bills will lose at least one more. We'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. What what a day, Reese. It's you know it's been it's been an awful day when it comes to the game and you know you not having the beer of of your dreams. Although you take another sip before we leave, but it's always a good time with Reese. At least Reese and I were able to commiserate oh. together. We had some laughs, we had some cries, and that's what friendships about, and that's what this podcast is about. So thank you, viewers, for listening to us um, rant about this game, but hopefully, good times are ahead. Let's go, Chiefs. We'll see. See you next week. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. 
Check out our website at FountainCitySportsMedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.